Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only. This is the Rich Eisen Show. TCU wins. Do you get the sense the playoff committee is itching to get somebody else in there other than you? You know, our guys hear all that stuff. They thought we were terrible in the beginning, and we, we were not going to listen to them when they start telling you how great they are, or how great you are. Today's guests, Pro Football Hall of Famer Charles Woodson, Fox Sports announcer Gus Johnson, from Hulu's The Handmaid's Tale, actor Sam Jager, and now... It's Rich Eisen. Okay, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving 2022. We are live on the Roku channel. This Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate Sirius XM channel 992 if you're listening on the app 218 Sirius XM 202. We say hello listening uh, audience uh, on Odyssey. I think I skipped a word there, but I feel okay. Don't worry. Um, We say hello to everybody who's listening on our podcast. It's your right to listen to us on demand as well. You could watch us on demand on the Roku channel as well. You could visit all of our clips from the history of our program, eight plus years um, on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. However, uh, there is a first for us today. We have in studio for the first time. He's been on the phone before, but the great Gus Johnson is on his way to the Rich Eisen Show studio today before he hops on a flight Yes, sir. To Columbus, Ohio, to call the big game with Joe Clatt on Fox. And interestingly enough, our first guest is a man. A man. 25 years ago, wrecked the buffet of the Ohio State Buckeyes football team. 25 years ago yesterday is when native Ohioan Charles Woodson took that one to the house. Yeah. And that's the way that things began. Um, in that uh, uh, game that year, it was all sorts of good in the hood for uh, the Michigan Wolverines that year. Charles Woodson up first, Gus Johnson in studio second, and Sam Jager, uh, who plays Mark Tuelo on uh, The Handmaid's Tale in Hulu. 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 Uh, the very popular Handmaid's Tale show. He's in studio hour number three. Apparently, um, he's from Toledo, Ohio, oh. and is a big Buckeye fan. And just to show, I mean, I mean okay. Our, our co-EP on this program, her name is Liz Whale. She's been here since day one, just like you, Brockman. Day one. Just like you, Del Tufo. Day one. Day one. And just like, like uh, you you, you were also with us from the very beginning, although not on the air, TJ Jefferson. Yeah, I was in an in executive capacity. You were. She's from Ohio. She loves the Buckeyes. And, you know, she's having her fun. And I come in today and there's... You know, scarlet and gray, sort of, you know, crepe paper covering all different things that we have on this set that are our Michigan Wolverine material. And we have a lot of it, you know, like this helmet. I come in. This is the way the helmet looks today. All covered in crepe paper. She, she, yeah, of course. The audacity. She left, she left the, the Ohio State helmet uh, completely, you know, completely uh, untouched. I put pictures uh, of this wait stuff a minute. on you Twitter. Know, I, this book that I have here in front of me, people are like, "What's in that book?" It's all sorts of notes from so much, from the show. Like I write stuff down for the right. show because I'm a lead pipe wielding professional. It's a Michigan Alumni Association book. She even covered the. Uh, oh, the oh, ass on this. She went too far. That's going too far. That's going too far. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Liz is outstanding. She 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 all these cards that me. You may see here in front of me. There's notes for the guests on there. I don't know if you could see on the Sam Jager card, all the M's are X'd out. All of them. Every last M is X'd out. 
The disrespect, the disrespect is real. The disrespect is real. I put all this on Twitter for you, Rich. Great job, Liz. That is. That's, uh, I mean, not the notebook, though. I, that, that's too far. You know, and then I have I have zero control over what's going on on this show. As, uh, you know, anybody who follows us on Twitter at Rich Eisen Show sees uh, there's a poll question out. Who should start for the Jets this week? Mike White, Joe Flacco, or me? And that's because there's a New England Patriot fan who's in charge of our Twitter account and the poll questions. Yeah. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. Not, not Sam Elliott. He looks more like Yosemite Sam every day, this guy. I mean, he really does, but I'm still digging it the most, man. More like Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible. Well, that's, okay. like, that's, like what yeah, okay. that's what I've been told. Yeah, then go jump out a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Figuratively. Of course, it's Thanksgiving week. I'm very thankful for you. Thank you. <laughs> I've been in your house for Thanksgiving. I know you have. Okay. Yesterday, Tuesday, when... Robert Sala would not commit to starting Zach Wilson this weekend against the Bears. I said my sense of it was because Zach Wilson is still, despite 20 dreadful collective starts as a Jet quarterback, when your stats are on par with Jamarcus Russell, and the only difference is Jamarcus drank scissorp and you're drinking your own Kool-Aid. That's it. Stop. <laughs> I, thought, I thought... Uh, Hold on. Let me just give you that, please. Uh, thank you. Let me thank you. <laughs> I thought. I thought that Robert Sala was doing what Susan and I do with our kids, which is we're going to count to three. <laughs> Don't make me get to three. You will not like it when I get to three. I thought that's what he was doing, just to tell Zach, "Come on now," because just to continue more analogies, we're all Jet fans. Uh, suddenly, Mona Lisa Vito. You know, stomping our feet. Our biological clocks are ticking because the defense is balling out and suddenly is arriving in the championship deep, depot in the station earlier than anybody thought they could potentially pull in as such. And Zach Wilson goes and lays another egg against the Patriots, after which he's asked a point-blank blank question if he's let the defense down, and he says no, and he looks like a kid who just wants to get away from mom and dad because he or she senses the questions coming from mom and dad are all infused with disappointment and potential punishment. <laughs> I thought, again, he's just counting to three because he's still the number two overall pick in the draft last year, and you can't bench him in the middle of the season without everybody thinking if he's toast. But Robert Sala counted to three today. He counted to three. And he is benching Zach Wilson and starting Mike White against the Chicago Bears. Mike White, who got four starts in place of Zach Wilson last year when Zach hurt his knee. He had a a remarkable game against the Cincinnati Bengals where he set a record for most touchdowns and no interceptions in your first career start because he got some run against the Patriots when Zach was getting hurt. And then he got hurt against the Colts when everybody thought that he might actually have something here. If you remember that, he then has started a Thursday night and he got hurt in that game and you were trolling me about... Mike White trolling creating a quarterback controversy. It was well, a journalistic he, question. And then he got blown out by the Bills, who admittedly Zach Wilson just beat. But you were a year ahead of your time. Because there trolling. is now because now Mike White's the starter and Zach is in fact benched. Here is Robert Sala making the announcement. Uh we're gonna roll with Mike White. 
Um, you know, it's the same same things we talked about when we elevated him to the second spot. Uh, um, I got it. Feels like three three or four weeks ago. Uh, just you know, we know he's fully capable. He's started in this league. He's won games for us, and. Um, and we just want to give him an opportunity. Zach's career here is not over. I know that's going to be the narrative. I know that what that's what everybody wants to wants to shout out, and that's not even close to the case. The intent, the full intent, is to make sure Zach gets uh, gets back on the football field at some point this year. Um, when that is, I'll make that decision. I'm going to take it day to day. Uh, the biggest thing with Zach, and the same things that we've talked about, is the young man needs a reset. Um, uh, his decision making's been fine. His practice habits, all that stuff, have been fine. But there's some basic, fundamental things that have gotten really out of whack for him. And this is just an opportunity for him to sit back, uh, focus on those things, find a way to get uh, uh, reconnect to all the different things that we uh, we fell in love with during the draft process. And it's something that I feel like he's going to be able to do. Um, I think to ask him to do all those things while preparing for a game is unfair. Um, but uh, but at the same time, it's uh, it's something just talking with Zach that I think we're all excited to attack and this is you know like I said it's is it a small step back absolutely for him but do I think it's going to be a great leap forward when it uh, when he does get a chance to reset himself absolutely and um, so this is not a uh, this is not putting a, a nail in his coffin this is not that it's not even close to that Interesting he uses that phrase because so many people are using that phraseology our friend RG3 said the casket was closed today at the end of a tweet that he put out there. And so many folks are saying that this is the nail in the coffin because how do you bench somebody this young with that huge amount of expectation at the top of your draft last year and not have this be a complete devolution instead of the revolution we were hoping for. And um, that's a very sound supposition It is definitely something that one would say in the history of the NFL. It's tough to come back from a benching like this. But I say Robert Sala clearly has his finger on the pulse of this situation. That's how I feel. I get this sense. I like the way that he's handling this. Because Zach Wilson is not, at present, a guy who can lead this team to the playoffs. And they have a shot to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, but Rich, he might no longer be the quarterback of the future anymore. Well, you know what? If this is something that he can't come back from, then he wasn't the quarterback of the future to begin with. There you go. Is my opinion on it. And it does appear that the coach, who is a defensive-minded coach, who has no doubt a championship-quality defense on his hands right now, a grown-ass man in Quinn and Williams blossoming into a defensive player of the year candidate and Sauce being a defensive Too rookie of the year sauce. candidate and a pro bowler and everybody in between. Clearly, when Zach Wilson said, you know, flippantly, did you let this team down, this defense down? No, no. Clearly, that left a mark, as did other things, because here was the answer on a very thorny issue when put to Robert Sala about having potentially lost the locker room with his comments after the game from Zach Wilson. It's my opinion, and I know that, you know, there's always going to be that discussion while he's going to lose the locker room, Zach doesn't have the locker room. I I don't think players players go out there, we, we, we play for one another, we fight for one another, we do that. But at the same time, I don't think a player is going to play any less harder because he doesn't like his teammate. 
he's playing hard for his family. He's playing hard for the guys that he loves on the team. But he's not going to turn it down because he doesn't have love for somebody. Now, with that said, I think, like I've said before, I think guys have empathy for one another when it comes to um, to how difficult this job is and, and the heat of the moment and being at the end of the game and the way we lost and the way we all played. And uh, and for Zach uh, and his teammates, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're – I, maybe there was a little irritation at the moment, but I don't think there's a grudge. I don't think there's hate. I don't think there's lingering effects um, when it comes to that. So to answer your question, I, I didn't, it didn't had no bearing on uh, this decision. Uh, okay. Hmm. I do like Robert Sala. I think he's hand. I mean, in the New York media, he is handling this situation superbly, and I think he's got his finger on the pulse. And he says that didn't have anything to do with this decision. Um, uh, if there's irritation, he sensed it, and irritation can become irreparable. I I have no problem with this maneuver at all. I think he's handling it, Salah, perfectly, and I, 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 I believe, let's put it this way, you're hearing all about the 10-year anniversary of the butt fumble being yesterday and that was Belichick, and Belichick once had Sam Darnold saying this. Seen ghosts. Right. Interestingly <laughs> enough, we revisit this the day after Sam Darnold gets his job back in Carolina for the time being. The resurrection. And certainly now comes this, where Zach Wilson is supplanted by a guy who was drafted 169 spots after Sam Darnold in that 2018 draft. And that was after Belichick swept him. And it's like, oh, Belichick's doing it again to another Jets young quarterback. I will say this. This kid kind of did it to himself, too. Because the, the simple stuff that Salah's saying, that he's clearly off, can't get back to the kid who was doing things that made the Jets fall in love with him. It's because... His footwork, just you, all you got to do, look, I'm not an all-22 guy, but you could see when a guy is not setting his feet and the throws are sailing. You're seeing, I mean, and it happens over and over and over again, and it's just like, bro, get the basics down. Once you get the basics down, then we can work the, the magic. Yeah. Instead, he just thinks, I got the magic. At least that's the sense you're getting watching this thing. And then the lack of accountability after the game. It's just, it was something for, for, for Salah to say, I'm hitting the pause button, fine. If he didn't, basically is what I'm saying, if he didn't say what he said after the game, if he came on after the game and said what apparently Albert Breer said, Justin Fields said in private to his defense in Chicago saying, my bad, if he did anything like that, I think he'd be starting this week against the Bears. But the totality of it, Belichick didn't put a gun to his head and say, be thin-skinned on the podium or come across as such. He clearly is who he is. And for the moment, Salah thought he needed to hit the pause button. And in terms of him being done, okay, in terms of him being done and Salah saying that this is not the case, I believe him there. All you got to do, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. I know they're different. I know they're different in terms of where they are in a career. We thought there was no chance. We thought 
the hottest place in the history of hottest places ever created, fictionally or real, would have to freeze over before he got a chance to stay with the 49ers, start for the 49ers, or be in this position of Thanksgiving week as a four-touchdown-throwing quarterback of the surging San Francisco 49ers. We thought that place would have to freeze over before he got that opportunity. So, spare me the caskets closed talk. If I'm trusting Sala to make this maneuver, I will trust him to rehabilitate Zach Wilson. Is it possible that one day we'll look back and he'll sit here and say, I needed that? As he's leading the Jets to playoff seasons in a row? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Is it probable? I would say... Yeah, go higher register on that one. Yeah, maybe so. Not great, Bob. Not Not great. great. This is not the way I envisioned it. And Jet fans are freaking out. Don't like it. Mike White, who could he be? Who is he? Because guess who's backing him up? It's Flacco. It's not even Zach. He won't be dressed. He'll be there with an earbud in and having to root on his teammates and watch. It won't be easy. So my message, I would normally deliver it myself, but I have my friend Gordon, who's going to do it for me, to Zach Wilson. This is your wake-up call, pal. Go to work. That's it. (laughs) This is your wake-up call, pal. Go to work. Footwork. Arm angle. Fundamentals. Fundamentals. And then do your thing. Because the coach didn't say we're not going to see him anymore. He didn't pull like a Frank Wright saying you won't see him anymore. Like Paul, like you know, like like Paulie in The Godfather. Oh, you won't see him no more. No, no, no. The coach is saying this is not it. He's getting the sense of it. And kudos to him to have the brass to do it and the brass to have him feel like he can do it from the the GM to the owner, Woody. I mean, it's uh, in Salah we trust. And and I wouldn't have said that about some previous Jets coaches. So that's my two cents on the subject of the day. Not in Ryan, we trust you wouldn't have said that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, for a split second, I would have. I would have said, Ryan, I'll follow his personality. Perfect for the Jets at the time. I'm kissing Bill's rings. And then, they, and, then he, and then he did what he said he was going to do. And then it all fell apart because it wasn't sustainable salary cap-wise and Rex-wise. But this this is this is the way I'm feeling about it, and let's go, see what happens, and let the defense have its day, and let Zach come back and see if he can be the guy when chips are down. I didn't see, however, this being the path. Twenty starts in that is for sure. We will take a break. We've got Charles Woodson. I'll ask him about this subject matter. I'm sure, he's got two cents on the subject. Uh, Charles will be joining us here, as we all know. It's a very big game, and it's on Big Fox. He will be part of the pregame coverage on Fox, Charles Woodson. And then when the coach talks, I will turn the sound down. (laughs) I'm going to lie. I have no interest in hearing what he's got to say. Uh, But then I'll turn the sound up, because Gus Johnson's on the call, and he's here in studio. Yeah. Can't wait for that. 
Uh, and then there's you at 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. I've got my power rankings. We might sneak in a little bit of what's more likely since this is our last show of the week. We got Thanksgiving coming up tomorrow. Lots to discuss. 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. Charles Woodson when we come back. Heisman Trophy winner. Super Bowl winner. Hall of Famer. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you open up a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, you are opening up more than just doors. You're unlocking potential, the potential to do your own thing and be your own boss, steer your own success, and blaze your own trail. Each and every Sprinter van is built, designed, and equipped to let you hit the open road and take on any goal you set. Help you follow your own passions and reawaken that spirit of adventure and check all those big, bold, fun, and exciting experiences off your bucket list. Owning a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van lets you live, work, and play out your dreams no matter how far off the beaten path they're going to take you. And with 16 body types, your choice of a gas or diesel engine, thousands of ways to customize, now available in all-wheel drive, the Sprinter van is capable and sprinter, uh, versatile enough to help you drive your ambitions wherever you want to take them. So now's the time to discover what it is that moves you most. And don't wait. Unlock your potential inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Speaking of unlocking your potential, 25 years ago yesterday in the big house, uh, with Ohio State, uh, pardon me, the Ohio State attempting to uh, put him on his behind on a punt return. One of the best defensive players in the history of college football did this. He runs Woodson all the way back to the 22-yard line. Woodson's got one block. Ah, yes. The dulcet tones of the great Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson. No flags. And Gus Johnson slated to be here in studio hour number two. 
currently calling the action on the Big Fox. I wonder how Gus would have called that play. <laughs> <laughs> and, and part of the uh, Fox coverage of said big game is none other than our friend, Hall of Famer Charles Woodson. How are you, sir? Richard Rich, I'm doing well, man. How you guys doing? What's your What's your memory of that moment standing back there for that punt? Twenty five, by the way, twenty five years ago yesterday. Man, my memories are that you know I remember, you know, that punter, you know, stepping back to kick that ball and it comes off of his foot, and I just remember, man, how long it seemed like that ball held in the air. It seemed like it was in the air forever, man. It was an outstanding punt. Um, the only thing for him is that he outkicked that coverage and gave us time to set things up, man. And, you know, I was listening, um, you know, to that broadcast and they talked about how many punts I'd had that year, but that was the only time I'd ever took one back to the house. <laughs> you know, so I had plenty of opportunities, but that was the one, man. So, uh, great memory of running down that sideline and getting to the end zone. I stick my left hand out. I'm telling the cameras to focus in because... I'm going to do the old Desmond pose, but uh, my fellow Wolverines, man, they jumped on me and, and tackled <laughs> me to the ground before I can hit the pose. So that was that moment. That was that moment. And so, uh, like Des, you are a native Ohioan. How were you let out of the state? Like, what happened? How did you wind up at Michigan, Charles? Yeah, man, it was, you know, it was really. Um, out of out of Ohio State's hands, you know. At that point, I grew up a Michigan fan because my brother was a fan of Michigan, and you know, I, I was I was always, you know, I'm a I'm a loyal person, right? So it's like, you know, if you like one of these schools, you can't like the other one, and that's kind of the way I looked at it. So I grew up as a Michigan fan, and when that time came, you know, as a I'm a high school senior and thinking about where to go to school and where to take visits to. I couldn't go to Ohio State because they were the rival. And that's kind of the way that, uh, you know, it, it shook out. You know, I took a visit to Notre Dame. I took a, a visit to uh, the Miami Hurricanes and Michigan, of course. Michigan was always at the top of the list. Uh, but when it came to, you know, visiting Michigan or Ohio State, I couldn't go to Ohio State because they were the rival. That's, that's, that's just how I, I saw it. So the answer to the question uh, as to why you went to Michigan and didn't stay at home to go to Ohio State is you were raised right, is what you're saying, Charles. Was, yeah, yeah. I give, I give all the credit to my, you know, when the Ohio State fans want to get mad, they had to get mad at my older brother, man. It was his fault. Okay. He was, he was, a, he was a Michigan fan first, and uh, he drew me to that wing helmet. And I never let it go. You would just come from great stock. That's all it is. So that's, that's, that's all it is. I love it. Uh, where are you? Where are you? Did I hear a whistle? Are you at a practice? What's going on? No, nah, man. I, I'm, I'm in Lake Nona okay. here in uh, Orlando, Florida. I'm on the golf course. You know, uh, I just man. part of par five. You know? Hey. So feel, oh. feeling real good about myself right now. Okay. I appreciate that. And <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you taking time away from. Uh, from a, a quality round of golf to chop it up man, with, with this show for a bit. Any, any, any time I get to spend with my main man, Rich Eisen, man, I'm about yeah. it. I love it, and I feel the same way about you, Charles Woodson. As you know, you had me at hello all those years ago, and I just love the <laughs> fact that we can we we can talk on a, on a week like this. How do you see Michigan, Ohio State, with both teams undefeated coming into this game, first time in well over a decade since that's happened? Uh, how do you see it playing out? On Saturday, Charles. Well, well. First of all, man, what an, what an atmosphere is going to be, you know, down there in Columbus in the shoe. You know, this long-standing rivalry against these two great teams coming in the right way. You know, both teams coming in 
um, you know, undefeated. Michigan, they, they, they squeaked by Illinois last week. Um, you know, Ohio State, they had their hands full with Maryland. Um, but this week, you throw all of that stuff out the window. You know, it really doesn't matter. It's about this game. And I see it, I see it, I see it as a Michigan team that is going to try to establish what they do really well. That's run the football, play great defense. And for the Ohio State Buckeyes, I see them, you know, trying to utilize their air attack. They have a young, outstanding receiver. His dad, I played against in the NFL. <laughs> yes, best, best receiver I played against. Um, they'll they'll try to they'll try to establish that pass um, early with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Stroud and get that connection going. Um, but you know what? They have been trying to run the ball a little bit more lately the last few weeks. So I see them try to you know try try to hand at the young freshman. I think he'll be starting this game um, and try to get their little run game going as well. But I think it's going to be a tight ball game. You know, I think it'll be uh, low 20s. But but I, I, I think the Wolverines got, has what it takes, man. Defensively, we've been doing really well in terms of the end of games, uh, getting sacks, getting pressures, getting off the field. And I think it'll come down to that at the end of the game, Michigan's defense on the field having to make a big stop to uh, secure a victory. Well, obviously, you know, uh, Corum potentially being in the role of Hassan Haskins is something – that one would think, and just trying to compare to last year's game, um, would would have to happen, right? Something from him, and he comes in banged up. I mean, what a scare last week against Illinois. And then clearly somebody, you know, collectively playing the roles of Hutchinson and Ajabo to get Stroud off the spot. Um, the, the, the question I have is 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 what you point out with, with Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, that kid is... Uh, out of his skull. I mean, the fact that yeah. you know Smith and Jigba, the, the kid who uh, who lit up the Rose Bowl last year, isn't their number one receiver um, is unreal. I, I mean, how how good is this this kid? And I, I'd I'd love for you to give me your best Marvin Harrison senior story covering him too in your answer, if you don't mind, sir. Go for it. Yeah, well, well, if you look at um, if you look at Marvin Harrison Jr. And you look at what Ohio State does with their passing attack. If you ever look on that film and you see a guy to have it play, they're going to 18. And I, and I mean, and it's not even a question. If they need a play, it's him. Um, I watched him, um, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, he caught a ball on the sideline side in the air. He was coming down. He's going to get pushed out of bounds. And all of a sudden he reaches, you know, the near sideline leg out and gets his toe down. Mm-hmm. So the body control that he has is really unbelievable. I don't even know if his dad had that kind of body control the way this kid does, but you know, he's being pulled up. job with him. Um, but for me, you know, playing against Marvin Harrison, you know, it's interesting because Marvin never really came off the you know, the, the, the defensive left side of the field. He always lined up to the right of the offense. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you would think you would have a, a, a bead on everything he was trying to do. But to me, you know, I played him when I was just coming out of uh, college, young player, and uh, I thought he, he, was a, he was a total package. Speed, great hands, quickness. He ran great routes. And, uh, you know, it was always a challenge for me as a young player going up against Marvin Harris. He never said anything either, right? He never opened his no, mouth. No, he didn't talk. He didn't say. He didn't say a word, man. He just let his feet and hands do the talk. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. So, so it basically comes down to you think Michigan's ability to uh, run the ball, control the offense, keep Stroud as cold as possible, just like last year, 
and see what happens. Well, I, I, think, I, I think, Rich, you know, I, we, we'll try to establish a run. You know, that's who we are at our core. Right. But to me, the, the most important aspect of this Michigan football team on Saturday is going to be J.J. McCarthy. That, that, that's what's going to be the difference uh, for us. Last week's game, you know, I, I didn't, you know, he didn't play a, a, a very good game, missed some wide-open throws, um, missed a tight end in the end zone. And, uh, you know, for us to be what we want to be, he's got to play fake free football games, make the plays that are there for him to make at all times. And uh, if he does that, we'll win this game. He's the X factor for this game. Charles Woodson here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. And before I let you go back to your golf game, I uh, want to just put in perspective to people what this game means. You played in the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, you had a front row seat for arguably the best rivalry in the National Football League with the Packers and the Bears. Um, you grew up with this rivalry. You're from the state of Ohio. You are a guy who I, I assume you, that you haven't bought a, a meal in the state of Michigan for almost three decades. Um, and your bust resides in your home state of Ohio in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Put, put in perspective what this rivalry game, Michigan-Ohio State, means, Charles. Well, if you're a player, uh, Richard, you play in this game, it's the game you're judged on. You know, for every player that plays for the Buckeyes, every player that plays for Michigan, you know, as you live your life and you go on to do other things and people, you know, uh, know who you are, recognize you, or find out who you are and know that you went to either Michigan or Ohio State, the first thing they're going to ask you, hey, what was your record against Ohio State? What was your record against Michigan? So for these young kids playing in this rivalry, they're always, always, for the rest of their life, going to be judged on how they played in this game. So that's the magnitude of the game. You know, each university, each week during the season, we we have this game circled. We work on uh, the, the opposing team each week during the year, regardless of who we're playing that week. So this game... This is a big one, Rich. This is a big game, man, and uh, it's, it's a game that'll that'll follow you for the rest of your life. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, for for Michigan to basically say last year wasn't a one-off, and uh, how how, do, how does a winning streak taste? Um, and then you know, for Ohio State to basically say last year was a one-off, and you know, you're 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 back to uh, being the Big Ten backbencher with the rest of everybody else, while Ohio State moves on into a college football playoff. Uh, I mean, that is something else. Because I am assuming the loser of this game is going to be out with LSU sitting there, even if they you know, if they lose to Georgia, they're out. USC has two big games against Notre Dame, and then you got the, the Pac-12 championship against Oregon. Uh, I'm assuming the loser of this is out, even though uh, I've been advocating otherwise for that. Alabama still lurks. Clemson, a one-loss team at eight. What do you think, Charles? Yeah, you have some other teams knocking on the door that are right there. Um, you know, if USC wins out, they're going to get a strong push, you know what I mean, to be in the, the college football playoffs for sure. I think it's going to be really tough for, you know, you know, the committee to put in two Big Ten teams. I think if, if there's a shot, then this has to be a 35-34 type ball game, really close, you know, to really, you know, turn the, the you know, the attention on that game to where they'll say, you know what, we need these two teams in the tournament. But if it's not that type of game, um, then I don't see two Big Ten teams getting in it. So whoever, you know, this game, 
you, you need to win this game. Otherwise, you're not going to have a shot at getting into the tournament. Have a great rest of your golf game. Have a great Thanksgiving with your family. I assume what you heading to the shoe Friday. Is that where is that when you go? Is that your situation? No, I'm actually I'm at, no, I'm actually going to have uh, a little Thanksgiving here early in the morning. Okay, then I get on the plane, headed up to Columbus. Uh, my brother, who turned me on to Michigan, uh, and my mother, who's up there with me now, I get to spend the rest of the Thanksgiving uh, with them up in Columbus. Look so at this. It'll be a full, 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 full schedule for me tomorrow, Rich. A truly, but I'm thank, but I'm thankful. Thankful. Yes, you are. Thanksgiving. I'm very thankful. Well, and I'm thankful for you, Charles. I'm not going to lie. Very thankful. Very thankful that I know you um, after, you know, watching you do your thing. I'll never forget it. I was my second year on SportsCenter, and I'm thinking to myself, my gosh, uh, I I can't believe I can't get to go to the Rose Bowl and watch them take on Washington State because I've got to work on SportsCenter, which is truly like what I had dreamt of doing while I was at Michigan. And then to watch you do what you've done and what you did in your pro career, I, I say it every single time. I'm thankful for you, Charles Woodson. Thank you. Man. I appreciate it. Always good talking to you. Tell the crew out there, hello, what's they, up, fellas? They hear you. See Woods. Hey, Wood. Hit him straight, baby. They hear you. Hit him straight. Take mm-hmm. care of yourself. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, man, hey, man, I'm hitting the best shots of my life, man. I knew I was coming on Rich's show. I had to have <laughs> the Rich Eisen <laughs> Show Bump. The Rich Eisen Show Bump. Let's go. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself, Charles. You be well. All right, man. Okay, there you go. See you guys later. All right, there you go. There's Charles Woodson, who's hanging up from us and about to hit a provisional. He's not. <laughs> Very good. Uh, all right. Breakfast, brunch ball down there in Orlando. <laughs> I played Lake Nona. There's a lot of water there, man. Yeah. There's there's a lake. Right. And it's not like it's not like Florida what, golf is di- is different. Yeah. Florida gators. golf is different. You got to have a few sleeves. There's, and I don't mean because the weather's cold. Yeah, right. There, there's gators. Yeah, you got to like, watch out for the gators. There's sandy. There's a lot of sand. There's a lot of sand. The grass a lot is of different. Water. Yeah, a lot of water. It's humid. Humid. I'm 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 currently you know, I knew I'd get this way. I knew I'd get this way. I'm trying to you know, I'm trying to avoid getting hyped. There's four days to go. You've seen the spread. It's all right? of today. You've seen the spread, You've seen the number? What is it? Seven? Seven and a half. I get it. Michigan's banged up and everybody thinks that last year was a fluke. It was a one off. Yeah. I mean look at uh, your current defensive player of the week in the national football conference. That would be Aiden Hutchinson. That's where he is. He's in Detroit right now. So, you know, everybody thinks uh, last year was last year. This is this year. Okay. (laughs) These commercial breaks feel like they're an hour and a half long in this game. (laughs) Seriously. The three-minute commercial pods, they feel like I I could watch – you know, gone with the wind in the middle of it. That's how it feels. Well, they're, they're four and a half, five. Honestly, minutes. those commercial breaks in hours. Michigan versus Ohio State, it feels like those times I've been to Las Vegas for a three day weekend, and I'm already a couple of trips to the ATM in at the oh, blackjack the table worst. after an hour and a half, and I'm like, oh God. What are we doing? That's how long these, these feel. By the way, in those times that I was telling you about Las Vegas, before working for the NFL. Of course, ob- yeah, yeah. obviously. Honestly, it's it's so <laughs> happened so long ago, I don't remember. <laughs> what am I talking? Is this thing on? All right, we'll take a break here. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the show. Now, I'll talk about those college football rankings. Gus Johnson in studio, hour two. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, o o o O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. So the new college football rankings came out last night. And top four is what, what Dormy, would you say, or the same? or I don't know what it is. Chalk. Chalk. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee, as we all know, lost to South Carolina and then lost their quarterback and dropped all the way down to 10. Yeah. Um, LSU is now five. So LSU and his two and its two losses, leapfrogs USC. This is just so stupid and arbitrary. Let me just say this too: the number of times I'm hearing, "Well, Michigan is being punished for its non-conference schedule." I think I heard our friend uh, <clears throat> on our friend DP show driving, and David Pollock is like, "When you have UConn as your best non-conference." Uh, team and it's not basketball season. That's a problem, and I I understand it is weak when you what it was Hawaii and Colorado State, I believe, and and UConn. Yeah. Um, take a look at the non-conference schedule for for Clemson. They played Furman. Okay. Furman. Furman. So Furman. If <laughs> d- t- as Michael Irvin um, would say, don't lose that intensity. Same intensity. Same intensity. But they're not going to make it. Clemson has no shot of making the How do you know that? I mean. How do you know? Put it up one more time, if you don't mind. Clemson's they, sitting there. They would if, need a lot to happen. Let's just put it, if you don't mind, put it up one more time, Mr. Hoskins. There's Clemson lurking at eight. Yeah, they would need a lot to happen. Because Alabama's not losing Auburn, right? They would, Alabama, that, they would need that to happen. Right. They would USC, need USC to lose, loses once, and LSU lose once. loses to Georgia. And then TCU, and TCU loses. loses to Iowa State. Right. Like they right, right, right. There may be a situation yeah, if, I mean, if Ohio State pummels Michigan, it's right? dumb and dumber for a Clemson. I don't know. I don't know. But that I, I was just fascinating to me that I guess they put LSU there. What does that mean? Does that mean Georgia still makes it if LSU beats them? Seems like Why? it. Why? Because they made the conference championship yeah, game? Conference champ and then okay. the defending champ. Well, I mean, if they, if they were in the same, let's just say if Georgia was in the, let me just make an example. What if Georgia somehow, some way, was in the same division as Alabama and had to play them every year. 
How would that look? Yeah, but they're, that's they're, the situation. Honestly, but they're right. but they're not. I know you're not. But Michigan and Ohio State is. That's the way the Big Ten decided to like, put it together. I'm just saying that that Georgia conveniently does not have to play Alabama every year. Con- it is convenient for them. It is convenient to both that they don't. No and one's going to feel bad for Michigan. Like, you want everyone to feel sorry I'm for the Big saying, Ten schools. I'm like, saying the same thing for Ohio State if what happens in my heart happens on the field on Saturday. Ohio State comes into Thanksgiving weekend undefeated and then loses to the best team on their schedule that is scheduled every year because – the nation demands it. Okay. Uh, and the nation, uh, you say all you want and you just roll your eyes. Because oh, you are my Georgia proxy here. You're my Georgia proxy here by. I just think you're overestimating how much people care about this rivalry. It's a rivalry for you guys in the Big Ten and the people me. of the Midwest. Are you watching it? No. Saturday? Because it's the game that's on at 9 o'clock. No, don't even ask. Of course not. I'm not watching. You're not. You're not watching the game. No. Okay. I don't care about that. I. I mean, I do like Michigan. I hate Ohio State. I. I, I bet you. I bet you the number one watched game of the week is Cowboys Giants, and then number two will be this game. Fox will have the top two viewed games of the weekend. Well, come and on, you're, other, you're you're smarter than this because it's on. And it's Thanksgiving weekend, and we're all at home. I'm saying it's going to outrate two was, NFL Thanksgiving it was games. October, like it's just run of the mill. It's because of where it is on the schedule. There are two Thanksgiving games. I am saying in the National Football League, with nothing else to do, if you will, nothing. The NBA is completely off. I'm saying, I'm saying this will be the second ranked most watched game. Of the entire weekend. No, I'll, I'll take that. Okay. I'll take it. More than Sunday night football between I, I, the I Packers think, and the Eagles. What do you think? People are going to be watching It's a Wonderful Life or something on, on Thursday night? That's not on yet. I'm saying there will on. be a Is significant Thanksgiving viewing audience on NBC. And there will be a significant viewing audience on Thanksgiving on CBS, America's Most Watched Network. But noon on a Saturday when everyone's shopping and out and out and about? Yes. Okay. Correct. Uh, respectfully, I disagree. I think you are <laughs> disrespectful in everything you're saying right now. Just because it's both it's Fox not, it is Rich. It is that big. And <laughs> let me just say this, man. Why, just, if, it's, if there's a bigger rivalry, why don't they play it? NDUSC. There is a bigger, there's a pretty big rivalry. Georgia and Alabama don't play each other every year. And the USC, if, they, if Notre Dame was doing that's better. Not, dude, dude, that, that, that was a big rivalry when Franklin Delano Roosevelt was, it still it, is. was in the was in It the, still is. It's the Saturday uh, night Oval game. Office. It's a big game, even though Notre Dame sucks. But they were getting better, but they're still dude, better. USC, Notre Dame oh, Rich, it's just, was great just as big. when Ed Sullivan was having his, his day with the Beatles. Rich, they're very close to Ohio State. Do you think Michigan. which one which one's going to have a bigger rating? Um, of course you okay. are now because Notre Dame's not doing as well but don't you are oh, the top 20 aren't they notre dame they're has you close you have no other allegiance you love notre dame i like fox but i mean I rudy, I rudy was it. carried off <laughs> we're slow clapping movies are made where's okay. the michigan ohio state movie uh they didn't make one oh i see i don't know i'm just kidding no i'm just but, pointing uh, out i don't know it's so no, it's all big. i'm saying is that it's, it's very helpful to george's case 
to lose the SEC championship game and still make it, well, they don't have to play Alabama at all. Michigan, that, Michigan, not a rivalry. Michigan and Ohio. That's not a rivalry game. How's it not a rivalry game? It's because it's not. Maybe it should be. Maybe, maybe it can be. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it should just mean more. What's the biggest rivalry in 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 the SEC? What is it? Alabama, uh, Auburn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. In state. Well, Michigan's got one of those too. So we've got an out of state rival that this everybody wants to watch. We've got an in state rival. Michigan, we got we got when one was of both. The last time we Michigan, got one of both. Michigan State mattered. Last year, nationally. Last year. What are you talking because about? Because you got upset. Millard Fillmore. When are playing. they both in the top five? Uh, that doesn't happen that much. But they, we have an in-state rival. So it's the biggest, the biggest rivalry. Well, guess what? In Georgia has an in-state rival, too. The, they have Georgia Tech. So you're saying like, the, biggest well, insta- on, the, the biggest rivalry in the SEC involves a team that needs help getting in and is blowing out their coach. That's the biggest rivalry in the SEC? No, it's between Alabama and Georgia. The two best programs maybe in the country. That's not a rivalry. It should be. It will be if they actually, you know, play each other every year. Well, hey, Alabama has to do their part and make the SEC title game. Because they play in separate divisions, which Michigan and Ohio State doesn't have that convenience either. I, I, I mean, I just, I just don't get that you think that everyone nationally cares about this as much as you do. Yeah, okay. that's because you yeah. Let's like, I see don't the understand. numbers. I don't Let's Christmas. come back on Monday and see the numbers. You have the numbers for me. I'm going to be more than happy no, it's gonna to back kill. off. That's going to be huge. What, Michigan-Ohio State? 100%. It's going to be less than Patriots Vikings. Oh no no, I would take that cheese. Come on guys. I'll take that cheese. Noon on a Saturday. See, the TV and the college football screws this up not putting this game in primetime. Well, if you knew the history of the rivalry, uh this is part of the tradition is it's noon Eastern hey, every Hey, guess what, Rich? Time. Traditions change, man. I don't know. You Some want a people... bigger TV audience? You want it to really matter nationally? Put it where more people can see it. It's it matters enough nationally. As I've been proven out on uh, on on Saturday, okay. and then when the TV numbers come back, do I have your permission to put out a poll about this? Sure, of course. Yeah. Great. Do you care <laughs> what about you mean? Michigan? You, you don't need my State. permission to put polls out. You already, well, you were probably, but, you were a butter that you were the I'm, starting I'm, quarterback this weekend. <laughs> <with the Jets. laughs> By the way, did you see somebody then responded saying, "In fairness, who should be the starting quarterback of the Patriots?" They didn't, Matt they Bailey didn't put or me on the list. I know Brock would be part of that. He actually played quarterback. What's the name of the show? The Rich Eisen Show. I mean, I've seen you throw. <laughs> yes, you have. Baseballs and footballs. I'm better at throwing a football, to be honest. So is John Elway. So he and I have something in common there, too. Stanford's got to play Cal every year, so I can relate to that, too.